Hi, Nathan here. Very quickly before we get started, we originally recorded this episode in one part with both the recap of the Conference USA Championship game as well as the preview of the Austin Regional all in one episode. So what that meant was that we recorded for about two hours, and even after editing it down a little bit, it was a bit too long to record in one chunk. So what we did instead was separate it out into two episodes, one that you're listening to now, the recap of the Conference USA Championship in Hattiesburg, and the other will be out tomorrow previewing the Austin Regional. That episode, again, comes out tomorrow, June 2nd, so keep your eyes out for it and hopefully listen before Tech takes on three very good teams deep in the heart of Texas. But for now, let's go to Mississippi and recap this spectacular conference championship weekend. Welcome to Go Tech, Please Don't Die podcast, a show devoted to tech going and hopefully not dying. I'm Nathan. I'm Evan. I'm Matt. And guys, I don't usually have something prepared here to start the show with. And I, I don't I'm speechless. Just we just won a championship. Well, the jury's Ooh. out. The jury's still out on that. But we did win the Conference USA tournament. The jury is not out, Matt. We won the Conference USA championship. <laughs> okay, I, I'm still very confused about the semantics of it, but for the for 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 the sake of this podcast, yes, yes, we no, won. for the for the sake of everything, we won the championship. <laughs> That's yeah, Southern Miss, they're regular season champions. Congrats. That's difficult to do. No hard feelings from us on that one. No, but Tech is the tournament champions. They won the Conference USA Championship tournament and are the champions of Conference USA, uh, and so they get the auto bid into the regionals but before we skip to that part we have five games to talk about that happened over this weekend in hattiesburg on southern miss's home field and y'all yeah they did (laughs) it may not be the same as the ruston regional or not the ruston regional but the conference usa tournament in ruston a year ago but it was close to being that level of excitement i said it i'm i say it's more exciting simply because of the end yeah yeah i mean i don't know how you and it's just so much sweeter when it happens on those no good piece of shit assholes in Southern Miss. Yeah. Uh, Keep that in the podcast, please. Quick, All right. <laughs> quick update. Southern Miss's fans on Twitter still don't still don't get it. They, they don't understand. Our shtick is to to mess around. But anyway, I wasn't uh, messing around. <laughs> uh, things started out pretty well in uh, Hattiesburg on Wednesday. Tech taking on Charlotte. Tech started out pretty well it was hard for charlotte in the first inning uh defensively with uh tech taking full advantage of some of their pitching and fielding mistakes uh taylor young gets on after a ball bounces out of the second baseman's glove add in another fielding error a wild pitch and then a darius myers home run and the bulldogs are up four to nothing after the first frame meanwhile Cade gibson on the mound was uh really hot he had his stuff going wednesday morning um, he only allowed two hits and no walks through three innings. But unfortunately, uh, the weather delay hit after that. The teams were forced back to their hotels, actually, to wait it out. Ended up being a five hour and 20 minute delay. Felt like a four day and 20 hour delay. Yeah. Pretty um, much, yeah. When we get back out 
who walks up to the mound but Cade Gibson again. Five hour and 20 minute delay. He's already thrown somewhere in the neighborhood of 30 to 40 pitches. He heads back out on the mound and pitches two more scoreless frames for the Bulldogs. And in fact, that's pretty much the story. All the frames from there on out are scoreless, both for Tech and Charlotte. Neither team was able to put together more than one hit in a single inning from that point on. And the final score was the same after it was, you know, 10 minutes into the game, four to nothing, Louisiana Tech victory. Yeah, pretty solid way to start, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, we can a, talk a, a little bit about oh a team God. that talking over each other, too. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, most of these games, what, three out of five of these games come against the same opponent in Old, Old Dominion. So we get to know them pretty well. Charlotte, we had just faced the previous weekend. Something I didn't realize, even though those games took place in Charlotte, and maybe that's why, because it wasn't something new for the commentator to discuss, was uh, Charlotte's eight minute clock thing that they had. Matt, did you see this game? I did, but I'm blank. I, I I had a hell of a weekend uh, as we discussed pre podcast. So uh, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's uh, fair. And I did, I did watch it uh, and suffered through the rain delay and resumed it. But uh, what is this about the clock? I'm just picturing you for five hours and twenty minutes staring at the screen. That's just the little <laughs> animation of we're in a yeah. weather delay. <laughs> like, but like the, like the girl in the rain. He didn't even had, blink. He's just staring at yeah. it. It's like his eyes twitching. He's just like a, a woman in paranormal activity that stared at her husband for five hours. <laughs> anyway, yeah, no, I, I think I made myself a sandwich here the way, but the eight. The That's clock, a lo- how big was the sandwich? Uh, Scooby-Doo and Shaggy size, my friend. <laughs> I guess that is the most unrealistic part of Scooby-Doo is how quickly ma- they make those sandwiches. But yeah, uh, not five hours and 20 minutes on this clock, but eight minutes. Charlotte had they took the the clock the official uses during timeouts to signal how long until the TV comes back from commercial. They took that clock from the football team, brought it with them in the dugout, started the clock with eight minutes and said, "Okay, defense, get off the field in eight minutes. Okay, that. Yes. Yeah, I think they probably did that most of these innings, um, you know, other than that first one. But, you know. Tech didn't really have a lot of success offensively outside of that first inning. So I bet they I bet they beat the clock a few times. Yeah, it, it, it's just a weird shtick and something I think that's worth talking about before we get into, like I said, three straight games against Old Dominion. Yeah. But, also, I, I wanted to say too, this Charlotte team that we blanked here and held to just six hits. Ah, this destroyed. Uh played yeah. MTSU the next yeah. day and put up 22 runs. Yeah. So yeah. they were they were mad. They were very mad about getting blanked. Uh, and poor, you know, my my master's degree school uh, had to pay had to pay the price for Tech's shutout here. No, also, I think first shutout for Tech on the season, if I'm not mistaken, with no Al Gore to protect them. Right. Yeah. Al Gore Senior was not around. Um, he was not. He's been dead for a while. That's um, true. I don't get it. I don't. Al Gore- Forget it. I, yeah, <laughs> I, I did my graduate assistantship Never at the Albert the Gore Senior oh, Research. Okay, Center. I was like, what is what is Never beating Charlotte four to nothing have to do with global warming? Uh, uh, hopefully nothing, but uh, I imagine global warming's gone up given the uh, the next series that took place. Oh, hey, yeah. hey, you've been gone from the podcast for a few weeks, but that was that was a professional yeah. move right there, sir. I gave him my best shot. Yeah, unfortunately for, I guess, the Earth, the Bulldog bats were a little warmer against Old Dominion. <laughs> oh, shit. 
<laughs> I'm just gonna let that one sit for a second. Yeah, that was pretty good. God. Yeah, that that being said, though, for the only time all tournament, the Bulldogs did not score in the first inning. Uh, those Bulldog bats did wake up soon, though, and, and start heating up, uh, turning a bases loaded one out opportunity into three runs in the second inning. Double doubles, as in two doubles, score another run in the third. The bottom of the sixth provided some more insurance as five straight singles put across three runs to make it seven to nothing. That nothing, that zero next to Old Dominion's name, was thanks to a masterclass of pitching by Ryan, by Ryan Jennings. A no-hitter in the Conference USA tournament, a no-hitter through six and a third. Against ends Old his night. Dominion. Against Old yeah. Dominion. I mean, that's insane. And Old Dominion's not a small ball team where like you're hoping that defense makes some errors or something like that. No, they just put the ball over the fence. They yeah. score quickly, and yet... They scored zero against us in this first game. Uh, again, seven innings of two hit at the end of the night. Baseball from Ryan Jennings. Also two walks and 10 strikeouts Yeah, from Ryan Jennings. Yeah, I mean, this, so up through the seventh inning of this game, Tech had allowed zero run, or actually through the beginning of the ninth inning, but that's a spoiler alert, I guess. Tech had allowed zero runs through, what, 16, 17 innings of baseball in the Conference USA tournament. Not yeah. bad. Not bad especially playing on the second game for a chance to uh, not have to face Charlotte and they're all of a sudden angry bats for a second time and also avoid having to play on Friday. Yep. Uh, um, however, Gary Ola ODU's was a catcher uh, was able to home run, hit a home run off of Krigger in the ninth inning. Uh, but Tech's early lead proved to be insurmountable and the Bulldogs win seven to two. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Krigger, you know, occasionally gives up a home run that may also be a spoiler alert um, in, in the conference tournament at least uh yeah yeah i think he only given one. one yeah it allowed one so far this entire season of like 70 innings pitched or whatever um allows one here to old dominion but it's like you said nathan too little too late seven to two that was the first extra base hit allowed in the tournament by tech pitching so you know 18 innings of baseball one extra base hit allowed um so tech came out you know playing mad playing like they wanted to win the championship yeah uh and i think that wanting to win the championship is the use the reason for the use of kyle krieger here he pitches two innings he gets put in the eighth to relieve uh ryan jennings who has thrown quite a few pitches by that point hence the 10 strikeouts but i'm kind of curious what y'all think about using him here it seems like a we just want to make sure nothing happens and we want this extra off day kind of move but with how heavily we rely on Krigger moving forward in this tournament was I think it, and we won the thing right we won the whole tournament so it's these decisions maybe had to happen for us to win it at all but I wasn't thrilled with the idea of using him to start the eighth but I'm curious what y'all think no I thought it was horrible uh it felt like he was I I did not like it obviously the result was tremendous so uh it doesn't really matter what we think now but at the time, I didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, uh, you gotta. I, I feel like you gotta pull Jennings out. Yeah, he had one one hundred and eight pitches um, through seven. So I mean, maybe you go to one of your other guys for an inning, but those other guys aren't as proven, right? Those other guys, you know, you're up seven nothing, so you have some wiggle room, but you really don't want to get in a situation where you like put Jarrett Wharf out there or Greg Martinez and they load the bases and give up three runs, right? Like. And then, and then you trade, then you put in Krieger, right? Like you'd rather just get the job done, but yeah, I mean, you're not wrong, Nathan. Like we kind of knew if we're going to win the championship, we're going to need Krieger later. So maybe you would like to see 
some thought about being up seven nothing and and not burning him at least in the eighth. You know, maybe put him back out there in the ninth to get the last three outs. But I didn't think going into this tournament that I would question the use of Krigger. But uh, we'll talk about the the championship game too a little bit maybe. I I think the championship game is worth talking about. Yes. Uh, yeah, that seems like something we should talk about. <laughs> I mean, Krigger only I threw guess. eleven pitches in the eighth inning, but still just. The decision at the time to me felt iffy at best. Uh, one more note I want to make about this game against Old Dominion, and that's Jackson Lancaster. It was kind of interesting. I mentioned that there was a five single sixth, a sixth inning where Tech hit five straight singles. Jackson Lancaster hit the first single in that stretch. It was a ground ball that looked like it was going up the first ba- baseline. The pitcher just kind of tracked it, hoping that it will go over the foul line to be another strike. And it came to a rest on the foul line, meaning it was still a fair ball uh, <laughs> that kind of kickstarted that whole inning. And yeah, the dogs won by five, but it felt like that was another sign of, Hey, everything is going our way early in this tournament. Neither of these games were all that close. I mean, four, nothing is close, but I just felt like everything was going the Bulldogs way. And this ball dying on the foul line kind of ex- exemplified that. I can't say the word exemplified. I mean, you just did twice, but all right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that that win, regardless of, uh, you know, the the weird choices, potentially did set up a bye day on Friday, which, uh, you know, was really nice because we got to watch, you know, Southern Miss was forced to play a double header uh, because they lost in the morning to UTSA. And then, you know, everybody else had to play. Right. And, And we're sitting here off on Friday, getting to rest and, you know, potentially, potentially, by the way, what's that? That's a, a, having a rest day is fairly, fairly priceless. Yeah. Given the nature of these tournaments. In yeah, the post game conference, Burroughs was talking about how really the bats want to just go out there and play again. They just want to play the next day, keep the momentum going, keep the things are going well kind of thing going. Because also from a bullpen perspective, I can use a day of not having to pitch my guys. Yeah. Yeah. It worked out pretty slick in the end but uh southern miss you said they had a double header yeah so they lost in the morning to utsa so their first game of the tournament got pushed back due to the weather delay that we had so their first game was on thursday morning so if they would have won friday morning they would have gotten a break until saturday but instead they lost so they had to play fau in the afternoon to set up their rematch with utsa um, which they ultimately lost as well so fuck southern miss in other words Meanwhile, that 22-run Charlotte team failed to score anywhere close to that many against Old Dominion and that elimination bracket game where Old Dominion beat Charlotte 13-4. to <laughs> Kind of all or nothing from the 49ers. Yeah. And that set up a rematch with ODU against Louisiana Tech. And this game was not our best. The Monarchs got on the board thanks to an abundance of mistakes by Tech in the first inning. A four-pitch walk, a fielding error, and a throwing error allowed ODU to plate two runs. Steel Netterville cut that deficit in half with a solo shot in the bottom of the first, but another fielding error allowed ODU's leadoff man to get on to start the second inning. And after a pitching change, that runner came across the score. It's now 3-1 to one, Old Dominion. Ryan Harland, who we've seen struggle at times this year, especially later in the year, gives up two home runs in the next half inning to make it 6-1 to one Monarchs. Matulia makes it a 6-3 to three game with a two-run home run in the third with one out, but then Tech immediately loads the bases and then only gets one run out of it. 6-4, to four, Old Dominion. 
10 combined runs so far. This is just the first three innings of this game, but then no scoring until Tech's half of the seventh inning. The box score goes like this. A single and out, a single and out, a single, and then the third out. But that's enough to score a run. Six to five, Old Dominion. Then Taylor Young, off the his bat, it looks like a lazy fly ball, but it goes over the fence and ties the game with a leadoff home run in the bottom of the eighth inning. I literally said, God damn it, when he hit it, because I thought, you know, I thought that it was just a lazy fly ball and uh, it looked like the the right fielder was going to catch it. Uh, he was just kind of lazily running back. And then all of a sudden it kept going. It kept going. And, <laughs> he just uh, ran out of space. Yeah. Um, and that happened. That happened to tech a couple of times in this tournament, too. So I don't know what was going on down there uh, up towards the outfield. Are wind and air mutually exclusive. I, I mean, uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, you can have physicist. air without wind, right? I guess you can't have wind without air, but uh, I don't know. Okay. Well, it did. It did look fairly bleak. Uh, when it came to the barrel. And then uh, I like to think of it uh, like that scene in Space Jam where uh, Bugs Bunny's got a magnet and he uh, gets uh, Michael Jordan's golf ball to get a hole-in-one. Um, I don't really know how that applies to this, but uh, I'd like to think that's how it happens. Somebody was back there with a the magnet. Bugs, with, yeah. I'd like to think that Bugs Bunny... Bugs Bunny master. himself, okay. Yes, the actual cartoon character. Hey, we'll take all the help we can get. A leadoff yeah. home run, though, was uh, a pretty great way to start off the year. <laughs> Yeah, setting up the script, I guess, for Space Jam 3. But game's not over. Tie game after that bottom of the eighth inning. That's all that Tech gets after that Taylor Young leadoff home run. So we go to the top of the ninth. Top of the ninth, ODU doubles, but that's it for that inning. Bottom of the ninth, there's two walks, but McLeod grounds into a double play to end the inning. Top of the tenth, Old Dominion goes down one, two, three, ground out, fly out, strike out. Bottom of the tenth, Taylor Young draws a full count walk, but then he's stranded. Top of the eleventh, Gariola singles, but he's stranded. Bottom of the 11th, McConnell, Corona, and Myers all strike out. Top of the 12th, Krigger yes. finally gets pulled from this game. Jarrett Worf comes in and retires the side in order. Bottom of the 12th, Birchfield leads off with a single. Thaxton Birch pinch runs, Birch for Birchfield, then gets caught stealing when Logan McLeod fails to get the bunt down, and the catcher throws him out at second base. So we move to the top of the 13th, Game's still going, and the wheels completely fall off. Jarrett Worf still on the mound, gives up four singles and an intentional walk, but more importantly, three runs. And in the bottom of the 13th, trying to salvage this game, the bats just don't rise to the challenge, and Tech falls 9-6. to six. Or 6-9. Six to nine. Or 6-9, to nine, depending on how you think about it. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, pretty frustrating, uh, given the fact that it was basically a 1.5 games worth of baseball. It was hard fought only to kind of uh, have the air taken out of us, out of our sails at the very end. But And have to turn around and play them again in a few hours. Yes. Uh, that's That was difficult. I think the thing that made me the most upset about this game was something fairly trivial and didn't really amount to anything. But in the bottom of the fourth, there's a fly ball to left field that the left fielder drops. <laughs> and that dropped ball loads the bases. Mm. And then Tech doesn't score any runs. Tech beat Charlotte because of all the runs scored in the first because of the fielding errors, the throwing errors, the mistakes that Charlotte made. And this game, Old Dominion makes a rare mistake, a mistake that the color commentary went and stopped harping on him for. You have to use two hands, which, to be fair, I think that every time I see a major league player go for a fly ball with one hand. but They never use two hands. They never do. They never do. I'm like, man, I can just hear my, like, 
12 year old you know, when i was 12 not my coach wasn't 12 but oh god my, my 12 year old <laughs> baseball coach uh yelling at me for you know to to use two hands so yeah coach, and, and tech just didn't do anything with wrong. that maybe that 12 year old coach was wrong yeah it, in this game we had the bases loaded twice and only got one run out of it right i think so yeah yeah i mean it with a spot in the championship game on the line you obviously want to take better advantage of that yeah, and that's what this game came down to, is Tech made mistakes, Old Dominion took advantage of them, Old Dominion made mistakes, and Tech never did. So it's what we basically had going into a break where uh, another game was played, uh, I guess that's Southern Miss Elimination game, and moving on, we play Old Dominion again. This is for the championship. Evan, do you want to take this play-by-play? Yeah, so the second game, you know, after watching USM get bounced, uh, we know that if we beat Old Dominion, we will be playing UTSA for the Conference USA title. Um, and Tech got off to a quick start with two runs in the first inning. But uh, I don't think anybody would suggest that two runs is enough to beat Old Dominion after what we've seen uh, so far this week. And it wasn't. ODU's fourth inning starts with a triple. The runner comes home after a throwing error. And then two doubles and a home run in the frame make it four to two Old Dominion. That lead lasts for less than half an inning as Taylor Young doubles to tie it at four. A sack fly scores Netterville in the fifth, but Matt Kootenay leads off the sixth with a tying home run. Tech goes down one, two, three. Old Dominion goes down one, two, three. Tech goes down one, two, three. ODU goes down one, two, three. And finally, we're in the eighth inning, and Adarius Myers becomes the first batter to reach base in three innings with a walk Daxton Birch bunts him to second with a beautiful bunt that beats the throw and then Logan McLeod gets hit by a pitch to load the bases I think with no outs a sack fly breaks the tie but then a double play ends it shortly after so Tech is up one just needing three outs from Kyle Krigger we talked about this in our in our predicament pod the other night Nathan but the leadoff batter for the uh, for the Monarchs gets on base because of a super rare throwing error on Taylor Young. And ODU takes full advantage of the miscue with uh, Gagliardi smashing a home run, no doubter, to right center. And it's now 7-6 to six ODU. Uh, the Monarchs now only need three outs. After Tech puts down the next three batters in order, I think... The Monarchs only need three outs to head to the championship game, but Steel Netterville comes to the plate and does what Steel Netterville can do. He gets on base by drawing a walk this time. Cole McConnell singles, so we've got two men on with no outs. Corona gets hit by a pitch. Base is loaded. And then Adarius Myers comes up to the plate having a great tournament. He ends up being on the all-conference uh, tournament team, but he strikes out on three pitches, including a pitch that was probably about... Uh, eye level that he swings at for strike three, which brings up Thaxton Birch, who gets pinch hit. A pinch hitter comes in and it's Walker Birchfield. So pretty much if you ever think Birch or Birchfield's about to come up, you can just interchange them because Lane Burroughs kind of does that sometimes. Um, I think he's just confused and thinks they're the same person. <laughs> so he'll just, uh, you go out there. It's like, what? I'm, I'm not. Okay. Yeah, sure. Yeah. All right. Uh, <laughs> but Walker Birchfield comes up and, I don't know if you're ready, Nathan, but here's what happens next. Now the infield, a double play depth with Birchfield at the plate. Line drive, base hit. 
Base hit in the left field. One run will score. They're going to try to score the second run to throw. It's not away, and the Vermonts will win it. Oh, you got to love it. Wow. They're going to bomb Birchfield down at first base. And the Bulldogs will go to the championship game tomorrow afternoon at 1 o'clock. Yeah. Walker Birchfield, uh, not exactly who we would have thought would be the hero going into this do-or-die game, this do-or-die moment down one run with the bases loaded. You know, a double play ball ends it. You know, might even end the Bulldogs season. Who knows, right? Uh, it ends the shot at a championship and, you know, getting into the tournament's no guarantee at this point. But... Birchfield bloops it right over that shortstop's head, like Jay Nitz just said, and co- coach decides to send Cole McConnell, who Nathan, you said is not not the fastest guy on the team the other night on our yeah. on our episode. He's not. He's not. <laughs> he's, he's a very good hitter. He's just also not the fastest guy. But yeah, have you had a chance, Nathan? The other night you said you thought the throw from the left fielder was was not the best throw. Have you had a chance to watch this again, and have you changed your opinion on that? I'm wondering. I think that a better throw still gets him out because of how far up the line it is. If it's thrown to the plate, that's an extra couple steps from Cole McConnell to allow the catcher to kind of field it, take his time, move over with the tag. He's not going to take his time, but it's not as the the SpongeBob want to see me do it again kind of movement that he has to make here. <laughs> so I think that the throw is fine. It's not perfect. It's no. good. It's a it's a minus maybe. And that's usually good enough to take out a runner that is not the fastest. He rounds third basically as the outfielder is picking up the ball. Yeah, Matt, I'm curious. Nathan and I have given our takes on this. What do you think about the decision to send uh, Cole McConnell here? Did you see this play? Yeah, uh, I mean. Obviously it worked. That's kind of what I'm struggling to, I mean, how to say that. There's been a couple of times where I'm like, what the fuck is happening? But earlier, Nathan alluded to the fact that it just seemed like everything was going right for us this weekend and in the days that the days that preceded it. But uh, it's just another one of those things. I'm like, well, sure. Why not? At this point, yeah. everything else has worked. So, uh, yeah. And even, and uh, I mean, you have one out going into this play, right? So if you get thrown out of the, at the plate, you still have runners on first and second with two outs. So, right. So you're able yeah. to take a little bit more risk, given the fact that you're in an advantageous position, but it ends up working. So it's, it's one of those things like awesome, but yeah. if it hadn't, you're like, you're just insanely angry. It kind of reminds How me dare of you the, coach. Yeah. yeah. It reminds me of all the times I got really angry at skip Holtz. Shout out se- <laughs> seven and zero Birmingham stallions. Right. Yeah. Skip Holtz, get to nine. Opinion. That's not a concern. Uh, I'm not even <laughs> sure how many games they play, but I mean, my thing about it also in the fact of sending him is that traditional baseball logic says you do not want to make the second out at home plate. Avoid making the second out at home plate, because if you have a runner on third with one out, you just need a sack fly. Yeah. You don't want the third out to be at third base. Second base is still scoring position and you don't want the second out to be at home plate. And that almost happened here. And Lane Burroughs choosing to be. I want to say aggressive, but if you watch the replay, he's just kind of pointing at home. <laughs> he's not waving his arm around in circles like I would be doing uh, and probably fans were doing in the stands or possibly holding up both hands, screaming at the top of their lungs. But he just goes, go home. And Cole McConnell goes home and Tech goes home the winners. Yeah. And uh, I mean, huge, huge win. We thought when we recorded Saturday night that this pretty much locked up our spot in the NCAA tournament. Maybe it did, but uh, we know now that Tech and 
USM are the only CUSA teams to make it. So who knows? Who knows? I mean, uh, this this game was huge, though, gave us a chance to compete for a title. Um, only thing I really want to discuss out of this game, second game in a row, Kyle Krieger gives up his his second long bomb uh, of the tournament here. Not his last long bomb yeah. of the tournament that he would give up. So uh, that's that's a little little transitional thing for you there. A little teaser for the end of this uh, long-winded recap of this UTSA game, but it deserves a long-winded recap. Yeah, why don't we split this one in half? I'll I'll take the beginning here. Okay. Uh, Yeah, so Tech, you know, playing for a championship, second year in a row. We all remember what happened last year. We lost the game uh, in extra innings to Old Dominion at home. Uh, I was there. I was sad, you know, but... uh, Maybe this game would go better uh, at our at our home away from home there. Pete, uh, Pete Taylor Park, like clockwork, like most of the tournament, the Bulldogs got on the board in the first inning with a double, a catcher's interference, a wild pitch, another double and an RBI ground out. Tech finds themselves up two to nothing and only needs, you know, 24 more outs to win a championship. So there you go. It seems uh, fair to me to end the game there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, stop the count. Yes. Yeah, there you go. Uh, Jarrett Worf, who was not very good yesterday in his <laughs> relief appearance, uh, recorded the loss in that game against Old Dominion, the morning game Saturday. He uh, he blanked ODU through three innings, but then, you know, like we've seen a lot this season, he started to kind of fall apart in the fourth inning, gives up a walk, a double, a hit by pitch, and Coach Burrows pulls him out of there, gets him out pretty quickly compared to some of the other, uh, you know, leashes that we've seen this season. Um, Cade Gibson comes in after pitching uh, something like 80 pitches and doing that whole five-hour and 20-minute rain delay on Wednesday, comes in and gives up a double, then two straight RBI groundouts. Um, the announcers were very upset with Tech that we were not playing infield in on those, by the way. Uh, UTSA all of a sudden grabs a four to three lead in the fourth after doing nothing for three straight innings to start the game. Uh, the yeah. Roadrunners added another run in the sixth inning, but Tech was tired of doing nothing. And I'll turn it over to you, Nathan, to tell us what happened in the sixth here. Yeah, after this, we have some seesaw back and forth yeah. half innings uh, Shit got between crazy. these two teams. Yeah, that bottom half of the sixth inning for Louisiana Tech was a walk, a single, a walk, a double, and then later inning, a sack fly. And now it's six to five Bulldogs. The Bulldogs have the lead in the conference championship game with only three innings left to go. But the pendulum swings back the other way. A two-run home run gives UTSA back the lead in the next half inning. But every action has an equal and opposite <laughs> reaction as Tech Sorry. gets those two runs back the next half inning. To make it seven to six, I can't hear you criticizing my poor writing skills. Ryan uh, Jennings. I, I was sneezing. That All right. Ryan Jennings <laughs> comes out to pitch the top of the eighth, and the Roadrunners are completely shut down. My This is God. the best Ryan inning of pitching I've seen Jennings. in a while. Yeah, it yeah. was... Shit was Ryan elite. Jennings said, bitch, though. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Jennings says, it's not well, Saturday, but I'm a still... <laughs> yeah, yeah, 12 pitches for Ryan Jennings three outs, including a strikeout just looked incredible. And this yeah. is what I was talking about earlier. You know, we were kind of in the chat and and people on the blue tech blue forums were like, I mean, you got to put Jennings back out, right? I know we've got an all American reliever in Kyle Krieger, but like 
you got to put Ryan Jennings back out. He just shut him down in 12 pitches. You know, we got three outs to go. Why, why mess up a good thing here? Uh, especially if, you know, you were to, I don't know, give up a run and then potentially go to extras, you know, like keep you burn this guy in one inning of work when it looked like he could have gotten the job done. So I don't know. We can discuss that after we finish, uh, finish talking about what happened, I guess. Yeah. And I believe at this point, Krigger has thrown 109 pitches since Thursday. That's a lot of pitches. The guy who normally pitches one or two, one or two innings. Yeah. But Kyle Krigger comes out onto the mound for the ninth inning, three outs away from a conference championship. The first pitch leaves Krigger's hand and lands over the right field wall tie game. Yeah, they had they had their best batter at the plate, uh, Josh Flores. And uh, yeah, I mean, the the announcer said that uh, at first they said it was a fastball that the guy was looking for. But turns out it was a breaking ball that just stayed up. It didn't break. And uh, yeah, their best their best batter, you know, made you pay for that. Put it over the fence and, you know. One pitch, one run is uh, pretty nerve wracking when now the game's tied and, uh, you know, you're, you're really hoping Krigger can find it and uh, get out of the inning with it still being tied, you know, live to live to fight another day, get your chance at the plate. Um, and that's pretty much exactly what he does. He comes back and strikes out the next guy, uh, forces a ground out on an 0-2 count to the next guy and then walks Josh Bailey uh, or whatever his name is, Bailey. Uh, which isn't necessarily bad because that guy hit a home run earlier in the game. So I'm I'm not mad about that. And then uh, Taylor Young with a little bit of a chance for redemption from his, you know, throwaway in uh, in the previous game against Old Dominion. He uh, he makes a phenomenal play to end the ninth inning, running across his body, grabbing the ball and making a perfect throw just in time to get the third out of the inning. You know, great play from our from our shortstop there to yeah. set up a tie game going into the bottom of the ninth in a championship game. Woo. I'm still surprised by how Krieger was able to come back. I think he struck out the next batter. He yep. just kept chewing his gum. He just, all right. Yeah, cool. Do it again. Yep. I dare you. <laughs> right. But so, like you said, bottom of the ninth, the Bulldog bats just need one run in this tie game to win the conference USA championship. Already, get, already getting chubbed. Yeah. And I mean, going into this, You've got your number eight batter, your number nine batter, uh, and Taylor Young coming up. So, I mean, I'd rather start out with Young, but yeah. I mean, luckily, though, uh, Logan McLeod having a really good year, uh, defensive player of the year in the conference, comes up, starts out with a single to the shortstop. So, infield single uh, to start things out here. Then Wade Elliott comes up and gives a perfect sack bunt right to the pitcher um, and gets the runner into scoring position, which is, you know, he did his job, right? Taylor Young comes up, best batter on the team, best player on the team, probably. Uh, They didn't want anything to do with Taylor Young. They intentionally walked him. I thought it was hilarious that Taylor Young, you know, (laughs) goes to step up into the box. They tell him, oh, you're being intentionally walked. He was like, yeah, I figured. Yeah. (laughs) Casually takes off. I mean, he literally like, he literally looks at him and is like, yeah, okay. I I knew, I I knew that was coming. Yeah, I was hoping he was going to pony the bat to first base. Uh, but didn't quite he, happen. He did not. He may have still gotten in the pitcher's head even without the pony, though, because to Matulia, the pitcher throws a wild pitch, and the runners advance to third and second. Second and third, I guess, is the right way to say it, from first and second. Now the double play isn't in order, and 
The conference championship winning run is 90 feet away with that one out. Philip Matulia at the plate. You could walk him to force yeah. a double play opportunity, but that I puts think, Steel Netterville at the plate. I think conventional wisdom tells you walk that guy, right, and play for the double play, uh, especially since Matulia is not a bad hitter, and, and he's had he's hit some home runs this tournament. He had a walk-off win last year that we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. So, I mean, he, he's got he's got the bat to do it. And the announcers again were floored that they were not <laughs> putting him on base. They were like, well, you have to, you have to walk him. You can't. And you know, what does Matulia do, but you know, strike out on four pitches. So yeah, that that's what you have to do. If you're UTSA, you know, you have to strike him out and get to get to two outs in the inning. But and the commentators were also talking about getting the infield in so that a ground ball, you can throw out the runner at the plate. And even with two outs, that's still a concern. They were talking about walking still Netterville to load the bases. That way there's a force out at every bag. So if there's a weird ground ball that goes to the third baseman, he doesn't have to feel or throw all the way across the diamond. He can just step on third base or tag the runner or whatever is easiest. Yeah. I mean, I don't envy their decision whether to pitch to steal Netterville or go or to Cole McConnell, McConnell yeah. who, by the way, set the single season record for RBIs in Louisiana Tech history. So they decide to pitch to our to our guy Steele. I think after the third pitch or so, the the guy, the pitcher definitely balked, but they or, or Nathan, I don't know. He, he did not balk. He had, no. okay. It was you close enough to yell about. It was, okay. but it wasn't a balk. So he, he stepped I know, off. I know the meme about the balk, right? Yeah. <laughs> but can you explain to me what? So he stepped off with the correct foot or something? Uh, yeah. So yes, normal right-handed pitcher, your right foot is touching the rubber, the rubber, and your left foot is in front of it. If you pick up your left foot, you have to move in the direction of home plate. Okay. If you take your right foot, take a step off the rubber, so you're no longer touching it. You can do whatever you want. You can throw it to a base. Okay. Um, you can't throw a pitch then, so I'm not. You could throw it home, but it wouldn't count for a pitch, I guess. Um, I've never seen that one happen before. <laughs> I'm just picturing that in my head. And yeah. That just sounds bad because it's still a live ball. It would just the catcher's not ready for it either. The run or whatever. So what he does is he takes his right foot off the bag, takes a step off, and then kind of like does a little motion. I think to second base. Uh, just he wants to reset, get back in his set. Have the catcher call the pitch again, just kind of restart everything. He's not feeling good about that moment. It happens a lot, but he does it very subtly. His right foot comes off the rubber, but not very drastically. It, but yeah, it's it's not a well, balk. St- but Steel Netterville thought it was a balk. Steel Netterville wanted the base. Well, of course, because that, that would be a walk off uh, or a balk off. Excuse me. Um, yeah, but that's <laughs> just what I did on Saturdays. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know what that means, but. Usually provocative. Um, <laughs> yeah. So Steel Netterville digs back in, uh, fouls off a pitch. You know, here, here's his hole at bat. He fouls off a pitch, takes a ball, swings and misses. Uh, or wait, no, his hold on. I think you're wrong here, Nathan, because he took a pitch that was a good eight inches outside, uh, like literally <laughs> all the line yeah, of the yeah. box. That was called a strike. And Steel Netterville normally doesn't complain about pitches, but he was like, what? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then the bulk I, thing happened. Uh, yeah, I forgot that the box scores put a non-swinging strike as a forwards K. It's dumb. Yeah, just just yeah, a very, very strange at bat to this point. So uh, to fill you in on what happened next, let's let's toss it back to our good buddy, Dave. Oh, well, Here's the 2-2 pitch. Crown ball. Right 
Hit it down the first base line. And a lot of red jerseys. Out in center field. Well, I'm, I'm actually a little concerned that the umpires did not even discuss it's, that. Jay, read the room, or man. The Come on. The ball before <laughs> we called a ball. Because he stepped off with his left foot and faked the throw to third. Well, you're in the windup there. You've got to go home with that. But you know what? It doesn't matter now. Nope. Netterville will get a single. Easterling will score. And the Bulldogs are the 2022 Conference USA champions. I'll say it for Dave. It was too emotional to say it. You gotta love it. You yeah, absolutely yeah. gotta love it. I don't what? think I've ever heard Dave Nitz tear up before, and I think that's what I just heard. Yeah, yeah, it definitely sounded like it. Uh, I don't know he, if it's. Ju- I don't know if it's just uh, the fact that I certainly didn't think Tech had a chance to win the tournament, or the fact that we're just kind of hung over from last year. But it doesn't. It doesn't feel like last season uh, was so incredibly unexpected and so fun. And this season's had a lot of ups and downs. It ended in the best possible way. But I definitely expected uh, Tech to win the tournament last year. And so winning it this year was a pleasant surprise. But it almost feels like it would have been sweeter last year. I don't know why. Maybe because it was our first year in Shack, a new Shaq. The storyline, I think, last year felt more... Disney? Yeah, it it felt (laughs) the appropriate way to end that movie is to have Tech, you know, walk it off to win... Uh, to win the championship in their home stadium, right? But hey, uh, a championship's a championship, and we got one, man. Af- after being in this conference, we have not won a, a a postseason championship in a men's sport since being in this conference. Am I am I right about that? I don't think we have. No, I think you're right. Yeah, at least of the money sports, which includes women's basketball, but I don't think we have any other men's sports outside baseball, football, and men's basketball. But that see, it just it it feels so good. Feel true. I I was uh, complaining. I complain all the time about tech sports, but I was really, really, uh, yeah. Uh, that's my calling card. But I really desperately wanted to win the championship this season before a lot of these teams move on to other conferences. Yeah, because winning it after this year, everyone would say, "Oh, of course you're winning it now because all the elite teams are gone." Blah blah blah. Um. So it felt really great to uh, walk away with the title, uh, especially uh, on the field that we that we wanted on. Um, I'm not yeah. going to miss. I'm not going to miss Southern Miss at all. No pun intended there. Yeah. Or wordplay, whatever you want to say. I don't like their fans. Their fans don't like us. I don't like their players. <laughs> I don't like anything about that school. Um, the state of Mississippi is shit anyway. Uh, but uh, it it it. I feel like this is uh, going to be one of those things that I back on uh, incredibly fondly. I know that we did like a top 10 tech moments of all time or whatever, or recent memory or whatever, like a year or two ago. And I feel like this would firmly make the top three for me now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't I mean, know. To, what, win it, to win it in walk off fashion too. Yeah, I mean, it's got crazy. Definitely top three for me. Uh, it, it was an incredible feeling. And I was at my grandparents' house uh, going through some genealogy stuff with my grandparents uh, and was having a like dart at my phone and be like, okay, what happened? Okay, what happened? And then uh, that's 
it, it was awesome. It was really, really awesome. It it still feels like it didn't happen. Uh, yeah, I've, if part of it to me is the the something we've been pining over for so long is the well, the yeah winning a Q title. Uh, but baseball at Tech has kind of sucked ass for a really long time. They've had their and, ups and downs over the years, like all the sports have. But you're right; it's been a while before the Greg Golf experience, and to start where we started when we were in college to be where we are now is incredible. Yeah, no, absolutely. It is such a, it's a wonderful feeling. And I think that a uh, Steele's mother, uh, put it well on Twitter saying that she was crying whenever Steele came up to her to embrace her after the game. And, uh, I was imagining that, uh, after finishing that embrace that he came over to GTPDD and we all cried in his arms together. <laughs> um, we'll save that. We'll save that tender moment for Omaha. Yeah. If, tech, <laughs> if if this is the wave that, tech, you know, everything's I did not think tech had a shot to win the conference title, uh, the tournament, whatever you want to call it. I didn't think that I guess I call it both before Evan kills me. Um, yep, that's right. So I didn't think tech, I didn't think tech had a chance uh, whenever I whenever I whenever it came to playing ODU, I was like, well, there, there it is. That's it. And they found a way to win. And then. Up against UTSA, I was like, well, you know, UTSA is kind of not really a powerhouse in baseball as far as I know. So I thought they had a shot. When I saw them go up early, I, I was feeling pretty good. When they started blowing it, I was like, oh, there it is. And when they won, it was like uh, it, it, it was a late it was elating. I think my I think I sent an all caps message, which I very seldom do. Uh, but if this is the if the unexpected continues to transpire, <laughs> Tech somehow makes it to Omaha. Oh, man. Oh, boy. Yeah. I'm gonna have to uh, I'm gonna have to clean the guest room out for some visitors. Hell yeah, yeah. And then if they, and then if they, and then if they win the College World Series, more more specifically, if they win it in the manner in which I envisioned a long time ago that I shared with the listeners and you guys, in which they win on a walk off home run that Nathan catches <laughs> in the in the stands, <laughs> while and then Evan, I think I said Nathan's gonna catch it. I'm gonna shred my shirt off and scream and evan's gonna spontaneously combust <laughs> yep. yeah so if you love evan don't yeah. don't yeah. win the championship i'll take it rest yeah. in peace me he's gonna come come back <laughs> i do know we need to move on since i mean this show is gonna go long anyway and who cares we just won we the did. conference championship we're allowed to bend yeah, the did. rules that we arbitrarily set for ourselves yeah but just w- one last thing about the t- conference tournament I got one more thing too, but oh, okay. Well, yeah. I was going to just shout out the conference, the all conference tournament team, uh, two pitchers, Ryan Jennings and Kyle Krigger, um, a, and two batters. We got, uh, Taylor Young and Adarius Myers, um, both who had great, great performances. Uh, I'd love to see steel Netterville there as well, but you know, I guess other teams played too. So <laughs> I'd rather the walk off than the award. Yeah, there you go. Yep.